I think people definitely are trying to see how much they can get away with for as little as they can do. You, you know, I, you guys know me. I am the most, I, I doubt everybody. So if somebody were to come, you know, be a friend of mine and they come to my house and they're like, oh, you know, let's go away on a trip together. I've got lots of money, but I just, I lost my credit card yesterday. Could you put it on your card right away? No, no, I, I don't, I don't think I could fall for it, but I think that people could fall for it. I definitely, obviously we're seeing it in these shows. Um, And I think that more people are going to attempt to do whether it's small scale scams, large scale scams, it's you're definitely seeing it more and more now. Welcome to Gen Extemporaneous. This is a podcast where I come up with an idea, I do some research, I grab a bottle of wine, I bring everything to Mark, and he pontificates. Today we welcome back two guests who made quite the impact the last time they appeared with us, speaking on the Tinder Swindler in episodes 70 and 71. Joanne and Kelly are friends of the pod and full of opinions, some great insight, and tonight they are going to discuss camp culture with Mark and me. We are going to look at the actions of Anna Delvey, a financial scammer who tricked New York's financial elite into funding a lavish lifestyle and her dreams of creating an innovative art space called the ADF. We talk about Anna's actions versus the Tinder swindlers and dig into how we see scam culture evolving. One or all of us are sure to offend one or all of you in some way, but we're Gen X. We got our sensitivity chips late in life and we're still learning how to use them. Hi, Mark Snedeker. Hello, that bitch, Christina. Oh, I had a mean tweet today. You, you, got, you got me tweeted. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Some ding dong called Christina that bitch. It's, but the worst of it, I mean, that's not wrong, right? I'm yeah. 100% that bitch. Yeah, you're 100% that bitch. <laughs> the but, thing that was most insulting is that she misspelled my name. That is a terrible crime. Uh, believe me, I have to deal with that all the time. Oh, yes, because of your name. Yeah. They spell it with a C. I mean, a K instead well, of a C. That's right. Yeah. Well, good for you. But anyway, uh, I don't really think you're that bitch. I think you're lovely. Mm, well. And you're very kind <laughs> to the point of murder. <laughs> so, the, that, so far, that has been the response. Look, the thing that I just, it really is a treat to me is that people do that. And it just gives me an opportunity to re-promote the podcast. Do you think that's really why they're doing it? It's like, you know what? Here's a backdoor way of me helping these guys out. I'm going to bring up their podcast, call Christina a bitch, and then just let the chips fall where they may. No, no, no. They have no such intention. But what they don't realize is that every time they do mention it, we are able to bring it up. And I would like to point out that that podcast that we were being called out about, fantastic podcast about the Will White fandom. Yes, is called From Tiger Beat to Tiger King. What a great title. It is. The Rise <laughs> of a Gen X Fandom. And those were episodes 53, 54, and 55. Okay, Mark, what we have coming up is a conversation with two of our friends, Kelly and Joanne. Yes. They, they joined us on our episodes about the Tinder Swindler, and we had a lot of really great feedback about their uh, appearance. They and- were perfectly adequate during that podcast, I thought. And so what we decided to do as a part of our true crime arc is to look, last week we did a little preparatory episode where we talked about ethics, and now we are going to talk about 
scam and scam culture. Right. I'm really sore from that episode. Like I haven't used those parts of my brain in quite some time. <laughs> I think that those are situations that we grapple with. Really, if you think about it, sure. we grapple with that. I mean, pretty much, pretty regularly. And the in very one of some of the very beginning, you know, embers of philosophy were what's good, what's not. You know, right. how should we behave? Yeah. So, um, I told you. So yeah. just go listen to it. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what to do. Yeah, it's good. Um, all right. So what I want from you is let's, <laughs> just one thing. What we what I what we need to do here is to kind of give a little bit of a talk about the TV series Inventing Anna, right? Because while we use that as a source and the story as a source. I, we have we didn't really talk about what that series was all about. We we reference it, but we didn't kind of dive into detail on. It. Okay, so right on what I would like to talk about is the nine part miniseries. We've both watched it. Tell me some of what the series. Tell tell me walk me through the series. Okay, so let's talk about the series. The, the uh, main character is played by Julia Garner, who you may know from. Ozark. She is awesome in that show. Amazing. Uh, so in this one, a lot of people comment about the accent, right? Because it's not just like a strict, faithful regional accent. You know, this is a girl who is saying that she's German, but she's really Russian. So she's not going to have a Russian accent. So first I had to um, do like a, a European, like a German accent, right? You know, but it's very subtle. It's like, you know, have a vocal fry at the end of it, whatever, right? And then... <laughs> And then, you know, I had to add, um, like, some little Russian for certain words. It was a very bad Russian accent. But then I start to do, like, a, this is more of an Anna Delvey accent. And then it gets Americanized because, you know how Americans kind of add a question at the end of everything? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Europeans don't do that, right? <laughs> so, Come on. But, so she plays this ersatz heiress. Mm -hmm. Can we just call her that? The yes. ersatz heiress? I like it. Yeah. So she represents to uh, everyone that she meets that she is this Russo-Germanic heiress of some sort who's just waiting for her trust fund. Her dad's a big deal somewhere. And she's infiltrating New York society, mm -hmm. right? And she has this idea that she's going to start this kind of hybrid art nightclub space. Foundation. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, involved it's with. It's called the Anna Delvey Foundation. Yeah, yeah and that's who it's going to benefit is Anna Delvey. Right. She, and she begins to infl infiltrate society. She's making connections. She's fraudulently staying in hotels. And also at the same time, she's making kind of foot soldier, ground level friends. She's also now engaged with the financial elite in New York. Mm -hmm. She hooks up with this banker, Dr. Mark Green. <laughs> Played by Anthony Edwards. Yes. Who is captured by her story and decides to help her try to get this huge $25 million loan or whatever it is. So she can lease space, get her startup going, and get this foundation built. Um, and uh, you want to take over? Yeah. So one of the things that I do want to highlight are, is the fact that she surrounded herself with the right people on both sides. You mentioned her foot soldiers. So she made friends with with not only the right wealthy people and and celebrities and things like that. She found she found a way to infiltrate that society and meet the right people who then when they introduced her to the banking elite, 
the banking elite went, oh, well, okay, those... Instant credibility. It was instant credibility. Um, The other thing that she did is less elite people. So she she made good friends with a concierge called Neff. And that woman helped her out she was a lot. probably the most useful friend she had probably um and and she had other friends too that that she kind of had around her that uh, that were not necessarily wealthy elites but she she treated them she spoiled them yeah. and they in in turn bought into the idea and yeah. and really enjoyed the fringe benefits of 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 wearing this flash lifestyle yeah, and being given all kinds of goodies from spa days and free bags and whatever the heck. Exactly. So, so she gathered the right people around her, her, she gathered the right people around her and that is critical. And we are going to talk about that with Joanne and Kelly, how important it is to, for, for somebody who's going to run a scam, which I'm thinking about, (laughs) it's important to get people who on the one hand empathize with you yeah, so that they will help propel your story and our easy marks, honestly. Yeah. I mean, um, this is really what college should be for. <laughs> Learning how to scam? F- finding people you can later engage or enlist <laughs> in helping you scam people. Now, yes. some of the stuff that she did, though, was... the other. The, so, another thing that we will talk about with Joanne and Kelly is how she had this idea, and it's a legit idea. And we're not going to go into too much right. of it here. But it is to create this space. And her idea was accepted and... People were impressed with her idea. So we're well, going to. And because she did have some legitimate talent in uh, art, art in, appreciation, in, whatever, yes. appraisal, whatever. Um, and certainly she had uh, great social skills. Absolutely. Uh, superficially. Right? Superficially. Well, she was good at. She was glib. She yeah. was. She Well, not glib. I don't want to say that because she wasn't um, warm and fuzzy. No, certainly not. But she was she was one of those people that you get the impression that she just kind of told you like it it is. Right. And, and sometimes people really respect people that are extremely blunt, especially if they've got tons. They seem to have tons of money. So well, there are, and it, it's a kind of a weird um, reverse reaction where she'll insult them. Right. Yeah. But then they'll crave her approval. approval. It's nagging. Right? Yeah, she's nagging them. Absolutely. Yeah. So. And she does it repeatedly in the series. And it's very... Don't be a and, don't, and And she does. She, so she insults people. And, and they say in the article, the author of the article comments that, and we will talk about it later, that people didn't really think she was that nice. She wasn't. She wasn't nice at she all. She wasn't nice at all. But she was charismatic and confident. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, you know, and had a certain amount of talent in, you know, what she was trying to put together. Whether it had been successful or not, Christine and I differ on that a bit. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a disaster. Well, maybe. We'll, we, and we would ne- we'll never know. But one of the things that I do want to point out before we get, we get into it with Joanne Kelly is that it's not just the financial scam that she did right. with the banks. It wasn't just the wire fraud and all of that that she was doing to try and get that huge loan. The other thing that she had smaller kind of scams along the way. Yeah. One of them was with a woman that she and her boyfriend at the time lived with. And this woman was some kind of benefactress for young men. She just enjoyed the company of young men. Her name was Nora in the in the series. And she she was kind to Anna's boyfriend, but not so kind to Anna initially. One of the scams that Anna pulled then was to use, she's kind of started using Anna as a personal assistant. And so then Anna started using her credit card 
to buy clothing for herself so that she would look more the part in society. Um, so that's one of the scams. The other scam that she did that I just was so astonishing to me at one of the gatherings, one of the elites that she met owned a private jet company. Yeah. And she was able to get a free ride on a jet for her and some others with her to go and see Warren Buffett yeah. speak at one of his things his one of his his uh i don't know conventions or right. whatever it is buffett con yeah <laughs> and he and and some somehow a free ride on a jet yeah they just said okay, okay. she you know she came recommended by the boss so yeah um give her a plane so she was it was it's astonishing the things that she was able to get away with staying at hotels for extended long stays Never putting a credit card down. I know. I can't. I, I can't believe that. That right. That's and we, amazing. And, and we, that's just kind of a sign of how deferential New York society can be to the rich and famous, or any or people society. who they think they can. Yeah. I would imagine that any anywhere, if you come in with the trappings of wealth, yeah, people are going to give you a little bit more respect, maybe than you deserve. Yeah, right? they're, I think they're a little intimidated. They're like, well, we. We can't ask her for a credit card. Obviously, you know, then she'll be insulted because she'll, you know, think we don't think she can pay, which by the way, people, she can't pay. She couldn't pay. So then what ends up happening in this series is that the the story of the series is is the story of Jessica Pressler writing the article yeah, the and journalist. getting getting access right. to Anna Delvey and her attorney. And so it's a story about investigative journalism, which I think is always impressive. I think yeah. people really enjoy so it was framed from that direction, which I think ended up being a lot more interesting than just telling Anna's story. I agreed. That wouldn't have, it, it would, it comes off less genuine when you try to directly dramatize the story. Yeah. But it helps if you, if it's now being told through the lens of someone who has investigated it, blah, blah, blah. So right. I think that that's, that was a smart directorial choice. And here is my, my opinion on that. And this, Ties right back into all of our true crime talks. It's really a true crime story. It's through the eyes of an, of an investigator, in this case, a journalist, and then the legal system. In the end, Anna was found guilty, although she did a crazy good job of somehow becoming an influencer during during her yeah, trial, where her, she was her getting Instagram style was blowing up. Her Instagram, she's she was she had a stylist so that her yeah. outfits were on point, um, and subsequent. So she was she was put in. She did some time in jail, and she has now been. Uh, she's she's waiting. She's awaiting extradition. Yeah, because they're kicking her they're out. They're kicking the her out of the country after she did her time. Because among her many scams is, uh, hey, not allowed to be in this country. Correct. So, all right, let's slide into the segment here with Joanne and Kelly, and then you and I will come back at the end and say goodbye to as we so often do. As we do. Okay, so we have two special return guests on the episode today. Would you like to introduce them? Hey, it's Kelly and Joanne. What's up, guys? Hi. Hi, Mark Snedeker. Hey, Hi, Christina LaRusso. Thank you for having me back, guys. Well, thank you for coming back. We appreciate having you both come back. Um, Ditto. We, so remind us what uh, episode they did with us before. Well, the last time that Joanne and Kelly were with us, we were talking about Tinder Swindler. And we mm -hmm. had a two. We, it ended up being a long recording. And I and there was a lot of good material in it. So it was actually two episodes. They were here for talking about Tinder Swindler. And now we're talking about another scammer. Near and dear to all of our hearts. <laughs> and uh, <'cause> she's VIP. <laughs> she's, she is. Um, and it's so we're talking about in we're talking about Anna 
Sorokin, but her she went by the name Anna Delvey. And we are talking about Inventing Anna, a nine-part miniseries created and produced by Shonda Rhimes, was, which was based on an article by Jessica Pressler for New York Magazine about Anna Sorokin called How Anna Delvey Tricked New York's Party People. All right. Well, really, all we need from you guys is just a bare minimum. You know, just <laughs> Good. That's what you're going to get. You're auditing That's what class, you pay me for. You know, <laughs> We'll double their paychecks, Christina. I will. All right. So the series was released on Netflix on February 11th, 2022, and features Julia Garner of Ozark fame as the title character. Joanne, what are your initial kind of overview thoughts on inventing Anna? I was extremely impressed by it. I I think the production value that Shonda Rhimes puts out, first of all, in a lot of her shows is a plus. So going into it, I was expecting it to be well done. And it really was. And regarding what Anna had done, it was quite impressive considering she came from extremely modest means. She was a foreign to this country, came in and really just pulled the wool over the eyes of New York's elite and major banking companies and corporations. And she almost pulled it off. The first episode or two. I'm not going to lie. The, the the accent was throwing me off a little bit. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to watch the whole thing. But once I got into her character and, and you know, really got into the storyline, I was fascinated by it. I was fascinated once again, like the Tinder swindler, that she could really bamboozle people and do what she did. You know, people believed in her, never asked her for money up front. Uh, you know, she was just all promises and they all fell for it. I thought it was very well done. So my take is the same as it it really was for me for Tinder Swindler, which is I just get this sympathy stress for how precarious their lives were. They're like constantly juggling things, you know, like with the Tinder Swindler, he was just like waiting to scam the next woman so he could pay the exotic dates for the next one. Well, with Anna, she has this entire house of cards based on promised wire transfers and hotel bills hanging over her head. And my bank will work it out. You know, all these things. If you've ever been late on a bill before, that's a lot. That's stressful. And she's late on like hundreds of thousands of dollars of things, taking advantage of her friends, which, okay, I get, you know, I get she's kind of a sociopath. So that probably didn't bother her that much. But I was just super stressed out because if I was doing that, you know, yeah, you go to a nice hotel, you get great wine, whatever. The only thing I would be thinking the whole time is, fuck, I'm eventually going to get caught <laughs> and the bill is going to come due and I got no money. Well, from time Because she knows there's no wire transfer. She knows that there's no trust fund. So yeah. I guess what I want to talk about eventually here is is compare this, not necessarily go through like scene by scene or episode by episode about the series. Although I do want to get, I want to talk to everybody and get opinions about certain aspects of the, the series. But what I really want to talk about is what do we think is worse? What the Tinder swindler did or what Anna Delvey did? This is from the um, the article by Jessica Pressler. So I'm going to quote at length and this will kind of um, maybe situate us as we go further with our, our discussions. So she says, why this girl? She wasn't super hot. They pointed out or super charming. She wasn't even very nice. How did she manage to convince an enormous amount of the cool, successful people that she was something she clearly was not? Watching the Rikers guard shove fast company in a manila envelope, I realized what Anna had in common with the people she'd been studying in the pages of that magazine. She saw something others didn't. Anna looked at the soul of New York and recognized that if you distract people with shiny objects, 
with large wads of cash with the indicia of wealth. If you show them the money, they will be virtually unable to see anything else. And the thing was, it was so easy. So what she did is she did end up getting a little bit of seed money, like a hundred thousand dollars. And she was, she was using that. I mean, she had cash that she was using. Right. Well, but she would use it to, you know, flash around a little bit, just enough. So people are like, oh yeah, she's super legit. Right. And then it's gone just, and you know, a hundred thousand dollars, the way she was living didn't go that far. No, it really didn't. Indeed. Okay. So what was the thing that she did that was like the most unbelievable to you? I would have to say what she did to Rachel. Rachel was one of her friends that was a uh, Vanity Fair editor, I believe. And Anna wanted to go on a trip to Morocco. And of course she had to have the best of the best, the best room and first class and, you know, all this fancy stuff while they were there. And while they were there, the the hotel people were not as forgiving, I guess, as the New York ones were, where they, they after a couple of days, they wanted their money. And because they were in a foreign country, they, you know, increasingly became more and more nervous. So Rachel, she had to use her Vanity Fair work credit card to the tune of 60000 I believe. And she got stuck with the bill because obviously there was no way for Anna to actually repay that. I think she paid her back a few thousand. But to me, that was one of the more egregious things that I, I found that she did because scamming the, the banks and things like that or attempting to, I should say, the money she was trying to take from them is a drop in the bucket. It's not right, but it's still a drop in the bucket to them. Whereas Rachel, this was probably a year's salary that she stole from her. Right. And from her company. And I mean, mm -hmm. risked Rachel's job and all of the rest. And and Anna was just very cavalier about it and just sort of, you know, like, well, eventually she gave her a little bit. But as you said, but not not nearly enough to pay it all back. Now, no. Rachel did end up going on to write a to write a book about it. And got yeah, Rachel, Rachel ended up in the positive on that one for sure. You know, and, and I would have done the same thing if I didn't have the personal credit to cover that but I had my work card, I absolutely would have done what Rachel did because their safety was on the line at one point. Absolutely. Well, they would have ended up in a Moroccan jail. I mean, yeah, nobody, no, has, I, I would, nobody yeah. has time for that. <laughs> if you're going to go to jail, definitely don't want to do it in, in Morocco. In the country. Yeah, yeah, in Morocco. Or Turkey yeah. or any... Turkish prisons are famously not, not great. Yeah, not, not I, ideal. I prefer my prime to be served in America. Yeah. They're like, yeah. okay, yes. it's, it's, Canada. It's 10 a.m. Time for everybody <laughs> to have the bottom of their feet beaten. <laughs> now, I don't know yeah, if that I actually happens. The North in American um, Kelly, what about you? I would say just the friendships that she abused, um, you know, between her life coach, between the girl who worked at the hotel. I feel like it kind of was even with all of them where she promised the world to them. They believed in her and she just she used every one of them. It, the same with her boyfriend uh, and that woman who he lived with, Nora. Um, she just abused and used people to her own benefit, lied to them. So I feel like all the characters, well, the people, it's a true story. I feel like all the people that she came across, she just had no regard for them whatsoever. So uh, like friendships and love interests, um, you know, uh, to me, that was, it was pretty bad that she would, promise them the world, promise them all this wonderful stuff that was going to come with her foundation, that they were going to be a part of it. Um, and she just used everybody in her path. It's always interesting to me that we are more shocked by 
personal crimes than the amount of money, right? Because she swindled way more than $60,000 out of various businesses. But we kind of, especially I think as uh, Westerners, are just kind of like, well, fuck them. They, you know, whatever. They, they charge too much for stuff anyway. And they have insurance, whatever. They'll be fine. To me, it was just shocking that she thought somehow she was going to get out of this, right? So she she's doing a ma- very major wire fraud with this investment, you know, the the loan for the um uh for the the foundation. I mean, that's that is a huge huge crime where she is basically misrepresenting her finances to get a seven to eight figure loan. That's to me, that's pretty shocking. That. You, and first of all, it's also shocking that she got as far along as she did. I mean, I've been involved with commercial loans before, like for shopping centers and things like that. That is not how it's done, right? You don't get to go, oh, yeah, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll, I'll send you some backup for my finances here shortly. They don't do jack until they see proof of funds and tax returns and operating statements and all that stuff. So it was just shocking that they were just kind of like, oh, yeah, we'll get that done, you know, near the end. And they they got all the way down to final approval before they even tried to get proof of funds. And that's going to be my overall theme for this show is that it shows how much connections and especially personal Uh connections in these matters uh, matter. Right. Uh It's always what you know, the banker, what you know, it's who, you know. Yeah. If you know the banker. He's going to be like, all right, well, we'll figure that out when we get to it, whatever. But, you know, uh, let's push this through. Whereas, And that would go for hotels, too, is the way I look at it. I mean, you can't check into the Hilton and book a room without providing a credit card so they can run and pre-authorize your credit card. So she was picking places that were very high in elite and and getting in with the people and developing trust with them for them to extend her credit to stay there. Right, because they rely on those whales you know, to stay there and spend a lot of money. So, you know, they're used to being very accommodating to them. Oh, you want a uh, watermelon slices, uh, three millimeters thick? No problem. <laughs> we'll get right on it. Oh, uh, you want yeah. us to open the pool for you at 4 a.m.? Done. Oh, you're going to wire transfer us your uh, $10,000 hotel bill? That's fine. We can work with that. And they're just not rigorous in their business practices. And for the most part, they don't have to be, right? Like all of those things, yes. But for me, and this will kind of tip my hand for what I'm going to end up saying when we talk about who's worse, Tinder Swindler or Anna. But here's, here's what was surprising to me is that... She was coming with an actual idea and they liked the idea. They thought the idea was good. So she presented them with something that they agreed would probably be successful. And they took this person with a really good idea. And when they thought that she had all that money, then they said, oh, okay, well, we'll support you in it. Right. Why wouldn't they support her when she they it didn't when if she didn't have all the money, she had a great idea. Well, two reasons. I think one is just what you're thinking, because really they were excited about this plan because they were excited about her and her story. But also opening up a uh, foundation club, whatever, that's a risky, untried business. If shit goes bottoms up, they need to know that they're going to get some of their money back. And they clearly she had no capability of doing that. But I still think if she had such a great idea, she says money, there's there's an unlimited amount of capital in the world, you know, which is what she said to Jessica Pressler in the article. She said, but there's an 
there's limited amounts of people who are talented. And I thought, you know what? She's kind of not wrong. Like if they thought that was a great idea, I don't know. It just frustrated me because I don't know that I would have been interested in that kind of a situation, but clearly they believe that it would work. So then why not put the money behind the idea? But I, I feel like she, she really split her um, her contacts very evenly between very rich people, people who, you know, could help finance her. And she also preyed on people that were nobodies. So they fell in love with the idea of who she was and where she was going with this dream. And they were really big cheerleaders for her. So she had those people in her corner. And then with that, that gave her power and you know confidence to go after the rich people to help fund it as well. She didn't just stick with rich people. She stuck with just, you know, the, the hotel work, people like that who would pump her up a little bit. You need people like that. So if you are doing a scam, it's very unusual like at that level where there's so many people involved, it would be very difficult to pull a scam like that just by yourself. You need to get people on board with you. She had Neff, who was the concierge. She mm-hmm. had her believing everything that she was doing. So Neff, she knows she's going to get that $100 tip. Neff's going to go and get her entrance into whatever club in New York or whatever restaurant in New York that, that she wants to get into. She puts the, the weight of her reputation and her hotel's reputation behind this person. Then Anna gets into the, into the restaurant or into whatever. Even if she was throwing the party, she didn't necessarily have to pay for it. Do you remember the scene where everybody just kind of put their credit cards in? Yeah. Yes. Credit game. card roulette. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so, she she invited everyone. She decided to throw this party and then somebody else ended up picking up the tab. Those guys were probably writing it off to their business accounts. No doubt. Really, when you're operating at that level and you're having dinners like that, it's all unless she's picking up the tab, Anna, oh, yeah. and you're paying for the dinner, you're writing it off and you're saying, OK, yeah. well, this was a networking dinner. Yeah. What about? Well, let's let's talk about then who's worse, Tinder Swindler or Anna Delvey. I think the Tinder swindler is worse because he was using romance scams and it was just more of a personal attack, so to speak. Whereas, yes, she was, you know, by default scamming some of her friends to get along. She her main target were corporations. And my heart doesn't break for those banks. My heart broke for the women that the Tindler Swindler went after. And of course, for the, you know, the women that she befriended and some of the men that she, that Anna befriended and took advantage of. But at the end of the day, her main target were big banks. And she did have a good idea. If she could have got that financial backing, I, I think her idea would have taken off and she would have been the person she was pretending to be all along. She would have had that money. Okay. So matters of the heart, when, when that, when the heart yeah. is involved, it's worse for you, Joanne. Yeah. Uh, he had enemies. I think so, did you yeah. I mean, he did have enemies. All right. So (laughs) (laughs) Kelly, what about you? Who do you think was worse? Yeah, I definitely go with the Tinder swindler. Emotional feelings and love were definitely harder to watch people be taken advantage of with. I do find with Anna, when the sentencing was done, I was actually kind of surprised because in my opinion, I don't feel like she really lied not lied. I don't feel like she committed crimes. I feel like people didn't do their due diligence 
when it came time to checking her background, checking her finances, doing all the things that they were supposed to do, you know, she just got away with it. You know, I feel bad for her friends, but by the same token, they were also enamored by her. They loved the money. They loved the showering of the massages and the gifts and the wines and the dinners. So they were kind of coattail riders uh, because of, you know, her financial status or so they thought. But all in all, I definitely think the Tinder swindler was harder to, you know, he, he hurt people's feelings. He, this was more a money bank, you know, corporation type thing. That was people's emotions in real lives. Um, I want to bring up one thing before we get to Mark and his, his feelings about this, because you, you're mentioning something that, that I've been thinking a lot about in our last, the last time that we, all of us chatted about Tinder swindler, we got a little victim blamey. We got a little bit into the, well, they knew they should have known better, right? They, the, the, the women here should have known they should have, there were red flags everywhere. Mm -hmm. They should have known better. And I don't totally disagree with that. I think that that's fair. I think that, that some of them were just enamored by the idea of what he was selling. Um, and then you kind of go, well, like how illegal is what he did? Oh, you're just going to say my stuff now. No, because <laughs> because because I wonder Can I take my headphones off. No, because I wonder if he like compared to what she she did stuff that was like, I think, way more egregious. And she broke way more laws than he did. It feels like that to no, me. she definitely did because finance fraud, which is what she did. Wire fraud, uh, theft of hotelier services. Mm -hmm. Those are legitimate crimes. It is not illegal to have to trick your girlfriend into sending you a lot of money, mm -hmm. at least not as obviously illegal. Well, what was illegal that he did was to provide fake documentation that's that right. they worked for him. That's right. You know, so and, that and, was that's, illegal. I mean, that's like, I mean, what? how much time did he get in jail? Not that much, right? Not that much. Because that's not a huge crime. It's horrible morally, of course, but so is what she did, right? She you know, did hoodwink all of her friends. She was committing massive frauds on a daily basis. So I told, I, I knew that everybody was going to say Tinder swindler was worse because of course, first of all, you're going to empathize with the women more than banks, which is natural, right? I mean, it'd be weird if you empathized with the bank mm -hmm. probably, but you, as women, you're guys like, that guy, what a cad, you know, what a, what a wastrel, what a, fraud and he hurt that you said it he hurt their feelings and that to you is a bigger deal than massive financial fraud well it's not even just that he hurt it, their feelings mark it's that you know who he was taking from didn't have a lot so you're you're taking money i, know. I from couldn't i couldn't have i couldn't get to if christina called me and said mark i have enemies <laughs> i need sixty thousand dollars i could not scrape that together i don't think <laughs> So, Christina, no, take that off your to-do list. <laughs> you were I'm definitely like, a little babe, I'm sorry you have enemies. Do you want me to, like, post about them on Twitter or something? <laughs> I can do that. I can make fun no, of them. No, hold on. They, they, were more affluent. they were more <laughs> affluent than most, but they they did not have millions of dollars in the bank, right. and he took 10% of it. They didn't have insurance for those losses. The banks do. And, again, I'm not advocating for bank fraud. You know, I, I just I feel I like can't feel bad. Well, maybe I am pro bank fraud. <laughs> do you really feel like do you feel like that the hotels should have done what they should do, which is take a credit card or make sure the rooms and everything are going to be paid for? I mean, I would I would like to try it. I would like to try and check into a hotel without providing ample payment. 
well, and can. see if I can check in and use all their services for a couple yeah. of days. And then as I'm leaving, oh, I'll just, I'll send you the money. I, yeah. I just don't see how that flies. Like, yeah. Like, well, you wouldn't get off the premises. Mm-mm. Right. So like, if, now maybe, maybe I could pull it off if I went to, you know, the four seasons in New York City, came in with 35 suitcases, a bunch of people with clipboards and cell phones hovering around me. And I told them I was Stephen Colbert. Right. Like maybe, maybe I could get away with it, but otherwise, no, because I can't check into the Hampton Inn without paying for my room in advance. It's not with ID. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even just give them a credit card. It's you got to pay for your room right now. Or sometimes when you made the reservation, yeah, we're going to need to see a driver's license in case you're not really Mark Snedeker, you know, you're some other guy. Who pretends to be Mark Snedeker? Yeah. Well, who wouldn't? (laughs) If you had a chance, but you know, in, in, you're going to be using our luxurious accommodations here at Hampton Inn. So we're going to need to know that you are who you say you are. And we're going to charge you an extra $150 just in case you tear up your room and yeah, fit. Yeah. Oh, exactly. In case you knock over a lamp. You know? <laughs> right. That is just a different world. Is a serious house of cards. And you, you she needed a bunch of other people oh, yeah. to be in the mix with her and helping her, even if they didn't realize what they were doing, Correct. they were still mm-hmm. helping her Absolutely. to perpetrate that fraud. And that goes yeah, and for- backing her up. So should I tell you what my take is? Yes. Go ahead. Right. Tell me your take. Well, I, I did. I knew that everybody was going to say Tinder swindler because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, he's just, you know, just a slimy guy, right? He's taking advantage of women, right? Who we have you know just a natural more sympathy for in this world, because that's, do you think so? Reality. Because I think that women get victim blamed to hell. They do. But I also think that if it was a if it was reversed, a woman was scamming a bunch of guys out of their money. I think we would be less sympathetic. Uh, like the hustlers. Like the yeah. did, do you, Joanne and Kelly, are you familiar with the movie Hustlers or yeah. the article that ju- same woman, Jessica Pressler, wrote about the uh, found ex- <laughs> exotic dancers? She has scam is her niche. Yeah. Um, um, exotic dancers who who drugged and stole money from yeah. like ran up credit cards. She wrote that yeah, article. Jennifer Lopez was in the movie. It was and excellent. Jennifer and J-Lo, J-Lo from the block. J-Lo was in the movie she, there. She did scam men. Yeah. And I bet you or they, they scammed men. Now, would I be right in saying that? Well, they have, were drugging them, too. That was yeah. a right. little different. Yeah. But who yeah. do you feel more sorry for? I feel sorry for all of the people that got scammed. I think you're just saying that. No, I'm I not. Think, yeah, I, no, I, I would you do feel, feel sorry. I would them. feel more sorry for the women because yeah. I feel like, you know, maybe they weren't as strong or, you know, they were in a weaker point also, in their lives. You just, to me, men just appear stronger yeah. and not smarter, but, you know, yeah. maybe not able well, to be and, taken advantage of so easily. Yeah, and he has all the advantages. Yes, but I feel age. worse for the men that got drugged. I do. Mm-hmm. Because the, the women in the Tinder swindler, they got the wool pulled over their eyes because they failed to do their due diligence. And while the men in Hustler were, you know, they knew what they were getting into. They were, you know, it was pay for sex. But at the same time, they were drugged. And that's, you know. Right. And credit card numbers were stolen and things like that. Right. So it, I was, think, it was a little more egregious. Yeah. See, to me, I agree. If you were going to put it on a scale of like who was done the worst, I would say that the guys who got drugged, that was terrible. That, that Because was, you can't victim blame them, right? Well, you can a yeah. little bit. Yeah, you can, can. But like, don't go to see exotic dancers. Well, yeah, don't, what are you doing? <laughs> well, look, hey, exotic dancers need boyfriends too i get it and i'm not i was kidding when i said that but but okay so them and then the the, then joanne and kelly would say then there's the 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 tinder swindler victims and then 
Anna Delvey would yeah. be the least egregious. You're going to say who is the most egregious is Anna Delvey? No, I'm going to say they're probably pretty close to tied. I oh. think I think that obviously her crimes were more egregious. I do give her a little credit for having an exit strategy, although it's a wild one, because you know the Tinder swindler's exit strategy is just ghosting them, right? I mean, that's that's his whole strategy. At the end, he's ghosting you and moving on to the next one. So at least she had an exit strategy. I don't know how realistic it was. I think we're giving her a little bit more credit than maybe she deserved on her ability to run this this operation, but maybe she could have done it. You know, that's possible. But uh, unfortunately, she needed this loan to go through in order for that to happen. That was her big exit strategy. Once that loan closed, she can pay her friends, which I don't know if she would have done, but maybe get her business rolling, whatever. Um, that's all she needs. She just needed that loan, but it wasn't realistic that she was going to get it. I mean, at a certain point, banks are going to say, you know, show me the money. Although, you know, rich people get away with shit all the time. I mean, how many <laughs> how many bankruptcies did Trump have before they just stopped lending him money? A lot. A right? lot. And he had a history of not paying people back. And I'm like, eh, maybe this time it'll be different. Her whole life was a lie. She was not a rich heiress. She was knowledgeable about art, seemingly, and she was good at scamming. That's really who she is. I think they're about the same. I mean, they're both scam artists taking advantage of people they have met. And its I don't accept it as an excuse to say, yeah, but if she had just gotten that $20 million or whatever, she could have pulled it off. Well, okay. That doesn't make it okay to commit all that fraud. I wish... In my heart of hearts, she had gotten the golden ticket. I wish that she had found a venture capitalist who would have just funded the whole thing. Yeah. Well, and that's what she should have done. I think, you know, like if you look at what Elizabeth, I can't think of her last name now, the the woman who did the Theranos scam. Yes, that's right. Elizabeth Holmes. She conned a bunch of venture capitalists to fund her project. And her idea was to do it was to do with taking blood and you would just need a, a pinprick of blood instead of a whole like several vials to do blood testing. And essentially you could do blood testing for yourself at home and it would be, you know, so, so, but what she did. And it could test for everything. It could test for all kinds of different things in your blood. Well, what she ended up doing is uh, getting a bunch of people to invest in it, but the technology never worked. And that's interesting because that's actually a little bit more in line with the culture of Silicon Valley, the fake it till you make it. They don't have shit to back it up, right? But they're just trying to get that elevator pitch done. Somebody gives them startup money and then they figure it out. She may have been successful had she gone that route because she is the queen of faking it till you make it. She's the quintessential example. My thought my thought always as I was watching this was I, I like the moxie. I don't like that she cheated people, right? Like, d- don't get me wrong, because Mark's rolling his eyes at me, everyone. <laughs> but like, like you I are I, pro-fraud. I am not pro-fraud. <laughs> But I like the uh, I like the idea that she had. I like that she was really plucky and she tried to get it done. I loved her accent. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm very surprised you haven't. Christina, used it will you be I'm, will you be um, uh, doing an impression? VIP only. I mean, uh, you're poor. <laughs> you're Don't be poor. so poor. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> I loved everything that she was doing because it was so ballsy. I like the idea of the idea. Yeah. And I also feel her frustration because there are a lot of people in the world. And, and I don't think that we have as much capacity for upward mobility in the world as we do. You know, you oh, know yeah. like she could have been a great robber baron. 
yeah. in, in the day, right? Like if she had come up with that idea and figured out a way to make that happen, not that it would have in, in, in that time, but if she could have just, and I really think the venture capitalist route is the way that she should have gone. And she probably yeah. would have, she probably would have gotten that done. Now there is one person whose feelings were really hurt. And I thought that what was interesting is as I think that you were you were meant to really focus on the fact like, OK, yeah, there were a lot of banks and who cares about the banks yeah, getting yeah. hurt and all of that. But you mentioned Mark Green from <laughs> from, from, <laughs> from ER. ER. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anthony Edwards plays a banker and he is uh, at the end. I don't know if you all caught this, but in the beginning, when he goes to play squash or racquetball or whatever he's playing, he's in court one. Yeah. And they say we re- we reserve court one for all of the high, the most important people. And then at the very end, after everything is said and done and he hasn't been fired from his job. Yeah, because you're so entrenched in that, you know company they don't fire people they just kind of shuffle them off right? but but so he's there and he's still you know he still has his job but when he goes to play racquetball he's in court 14 or yeah, something like, like that <laughs> well the other elites are mad because you know he was pushing anna delvey and and it made them look weak and embarrassed I, I, and, I think, and everything i agree I think, with that i think what they really didn't like hmm. is that he exposed how dumb they're society is. How dumb right. is that? Mm-hmm. He really did, right? I think that that's an excellent point, Mark. Well, she did. She exposed how shallow... he was responsible shallow... as far as they see it because he should have done his job better. Right, right, right. Well, and I imagine that they were all sitting around going... <laughs> I would, I, I, would, I would never have fallen for that. Meanwhile, they're thumbing through their portfolio. Do I have any Anadelvies in here? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to end up being a poor. <laughs> One of the, this is a part of our true crime arc. And the reason that I'm putting it in our true crime arc is, is that more and more the types of true crime documentaries that we, t- we talk about or we see adding into like the traditional murder or missing person, you start, we're starting to see a lot more about scams. And we've yeah. mentioned multiple of them just in this episode. We had Tinder Swindler, uh, Tinder Swindler, the Hustler thing. We've mentioned uh, Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes, obviously Anna Delvey. Um, so there are a lot of, uh, we could even go and talk about like Dirty John. Dirty John was mm-hmm. a scam, right? Okay. So scams are becoming a big was thing. Was it a toilet cleaning service? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he was a romance scammer. Oh. Um, Ladies. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> calm down. I feel like scam is much more in the... Scam's the new murder? It's scam is the new murder, and scam is very much in the... Oh, I hate this word. Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. <laughs> but it's a part of sort of every day. Like, I think we we think about it or we see, we hear about it more and we, we think maybe are thinking about it more. And I wonder if we are now predisposed to be suspicious and looking for scams, because even in everyday life, dating apps. Are you talking about the rise of scam culture? Yeah, I, I think that when something is presented to the media and, and you know, like a, a mini series like this and the Tinder Swindler and people are watching it, I, I truly believe there's people whose wheels are turning in their head going, oh, my God, this could ha- I maybe I could do this. And so other people will definitely attempt this. You know, I think people definitely are trying to see how much they can get away with for as little as they can do. Um, you, you know, I, you guys know me, I am the most, I, I doubt everybody. So if somebody were to come, you know, be a friend of mine and they come to my house and they're like, Oh, you know, let's go away on a trip together. I've got lots of money, but I just, I lost my credit card yesterday. Could you put it on your card right away? No, no, I I don't, I don't think I could fall for it. 
but I think that people could fall for it. I definitely, obviously we're seeing it in these shows. Um, and I think that more people are going to attempt to do whether it's small scale scams, large scale scams, it's, you're definitely seeing it more and more now. Let's look at catfishing, for example, that's always been a big issue. And people are catfishing and saying they're military or they're contractors in foreign countries, and they need money to get out of that country. And, you know, it's a romance scam and and people are falling for it. But there are all sorts of scams running rampant. And you or I might think, wow, how do people fall for that? But at the same time, they wouldn't keep doing it if it's not working. So it's obviously profitable. And these people are never going to stop because there's a a new sucker born every day. And it's it's just going to keep increasing, I think, especially with, you know, with the internet, you can talk to somebody in another country as easily as you can talk to your neighbor. And that opens up people to to be scammed. And I I think it's going to become an even bigger issue than it is now. Do you think that this makes us a less or more trusting society? Less trusting. Less. I definitely say yes. And, and Joanne saying, you know, with the internet, I would say that p- plays a huge factor into it um, because of anonymity. You know, people go on on apps, you know, you've got your Facebook, your Instagram, your TikTok. Um, you truly don't know who's behind the screen. And you see it every day on, you know, Facebook Marketplace, let's say, or a for sale website. People And, you know, people asking for money up front to hold something. And then all of a sudden their account is gone. So I think the Internet definitely plays a big role in, in scams right now. The interesting thing to me is the role that technology has played in scam culture. So in, on one hand, you would think that it would be harder to pull off scams now, right? Like I can't buy an airline ticket under a fake name and fly across the country. I can't. I mean, I'm sure people can, but it's a lot mm-hmm. more difficult now because – they have not only are they checking your ID, but they're seeing if it has the right fucking hologram on it, right? And they're running it through their system, you know, make sure you're a real person. And it's just and if you go on a date with somebody, you can Google them. Now you can fake a whole Google background, I guess, but that makes it tricky. But I think the way the technology has enabled scamming is first of all what Kelly said, right? Obviously anonymity. But you used to see like on a lower scale, traveling salesmen pull scams. I mean, there's an entire musical based on a traveling yeah. salesman pulling the music a scam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a very famous celebrity back then whose entire existence was based on scamming people out of the price of a hamburger. <laughs> With that was, me. That was his, I would gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Oh my God. <laughs> that is not is only he my the OG name. scammer? Yeah. So those scams existed. But one thing that technology has really, really done to enable scams, it's allowed us to move money around easier. Mm-hmm. So you can PayPal somebody. You can wire transfer. And I think that is really enabled because, look, criminals are always going to find a way to run a scam. And the Internet has made it in some ways easier for them because it takes law enforcement time to catch up to their scams. The biggest scam, I think the biggest scam opportunity right now in the world is, you know, taking your computer hostage. They get you to click a link. It locks up your computer that you can't get into it. And they threaten to delete all of your information unless you Bitcoin them $1,000 or $5,000, whatever it is. And there are major companies that have had, that have paid these bribes million dollars or whatever to get their data back. So it's really interesting to me to see how technology, which has a lot of tools to fight scams, actually enables them in a lot of cases. 
for the Tinder swindler, the fact that they could just wire him or give him a credit card or whatever. He doesn't even have to be in the same city as them for them to hand him like a sack of cash or something. And I think it also makes it a little bit less real to the victims. Like I'm just wire transferring rather than I'm handing you a suitcase full of cash which I think would raise more alarm bells. I'm thinking to myself, if somebody were to come to my door and ask me for a donation, I'm immediately apprehensive. I'm like, "Um, are you sure you work for them? How do I know you're real? But yet I'm seeing more and more requests for money being given online. And I mean, I've done it where, you know, I see somebody in need and I give money and I'm seeing it a lot. And I feel like people, it's easier for them just to click a PayPal button and send somebody money or Venmo or whatever it is in the U.S. than it would be to actually pull cash out of your wallet and hand it to somebody at your front door. Well, like Kickstarter. Or any of the any like when you set up PayPal's and stuff like that and you're crowdsourcing your funding. It's weird to me that people are, on the one hand, people are, I think, more suspicious. I think we see scams everywhere, yeah. even where they don't exist. Yeah. Like, like Kelly, mm-hmm. like you said, I, like, I'm apprehensive about everything. Every email I get from somebody that I don't recognize and there's a link or something, I'm like, wait a minute, that could be. They're fishing me me. or uh, so. So I'm extremely paranoid about things like that. I will give to causes that I that look legit, but I'm generally very I'm very suspicious. So on the one hand, I feel like people are seeing scams everywhere, sometimes where they Mm -hmm. aren't. And then on the other hand, I think that people are they're playing more on your friendship. Right. And and it's amazing. How many people want to pull through and, and assist somebody? And, and in all honesty, you really don't know what's going on on the other side of the receiving of that money. You don't know if it's you're having the wool pulled over your eyes. And how much are you relying on the good recommendations? And this goes this kind of goes ties back to the Anna Delvey thing. A mm-hmm. lot of what she was able to accomplish was because people were vouching for her. Absolutely. So we're kind of going to s- switch over into sort of the what causes and what aids people in doing unethical things. So when, so if I say to you, I, I, I've lost my car, my car got stolen or something happened, my car broke down, I can't pay for it or some other thing. And I come to you. And I know that that's not true. I know that mm-hmm. I just want to scam people out of my, I just want to get a payday. But I go to you and you, I've developed a relationship with you. And I say to you, oh my God, this happened. I don't even probably have to say to you, hey, can you help set up a PayPal for me? You mm-hmm. might even say, you might go behind the scenes. You might go out and you might say, hey, you know, we all like Christina. Christina's been a good friend to all of us. Um, Let's start you guys, she's she's run into some hard times. So now I've got you who believes me because I'm your friend, number one. Mm-hmm. And two, you're empathetic. You want to help people. We all, people generally are empathetic, not you, Mark. I don't think Kelly's giving me. Yeah. No, I'm not saying Kelly would give me money. <laughs> I think Kelly's like, yeah, that's pretty bad. Well, we got to go. No, Kelly, but Kelly, no, but like, what if Kelly, you know, and I've not, I've not tapped her before. I would just come to her and I'd be very legit. And I would say like, this happened to me. And Kelly might say, okay, well, let's, maybe we should do a fundraiser for you. Well, then you start a fundraiser for me. That money comes in. I take it. No one has to see that. My or all I have to do is go. Thanks so much. My car got fixed, but I've got you know a couple of grand that now extra. <laughs> so let's say let's say that that's well that's what I do. Well, is that illegal? No, absolutely, no. it's not uh, illegal. It's um, scruples. It's, it's whether dishonest. Or not you have, it's unethical. Yeah, I think you can't if you're claiming that it's a charity or it's a donation. I think you have to 
you have to follow the intent of the donor. Yeah, I believe you do. I believe it could fall under wire fraud because yeah. you're you're getting money transferred electronically. Yeah. Right. I think, I, if yeah. it was just, I think you're on to something though, Mark. Yeah, but I think if, if Christina came and told me, hey, my car is broken, I need, you know, a thousand dollars, I'm like, well, can't get blood from a stone, cupcake. No, but mm-hmm. I mean I would just say, you know, okay, here's the money. And if she spent it on jewelry, you know, that sounds like something she might do. <laughs> but what okay, but so <laughs> But that's so- not fraud. But setting up an operation where you're having people donate money and then you're using it for not the express purpose, I think it might be illegal. I mean, I'm not positive. And I think it depends on what state maybe. But I think it is illegal because remember the GoFundMe that the women, the woman set up for the homeless guy. And it turned out that they had concocted the whole story about him helping her with her car. Do you guys remember that? Yep. 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 I do. But, and that they was got a lot of trouble. Yeah, that. they did. Yeah. That's and that's true. the same thing. They're not using, you know, they made up a story and, you know, maybe your story isn't as elaborate as theirs, but it's still a made up story. So, yeah, I think there could be some some legal issues in it. I mean, is somebody going to go after you, if, you know, if I donated ten dollars to your PayPal and you used it to buy drugs instead of paying your bills? Well, no, I'm not going to come after you for ten dollars. So I think mm-hmm. that's the difference. You know, we're talking about people raising a few hundred dollars or a few thousand versus you know, that person who raised, I think, a couple hundred thousand dollars. So, okay, so let's talk about the psychology of fraud. What we're getting at here is, you know, sort of a question I am asking myself is why do people do these things? I would say for for committing fraud, it would be the thrill of the chase to see what you can get away with, how much you can get away with it. Um you know, people just throw an idea out there. And if somebody's going to bite, that's exciting. You know, it's like when you open your, if you open a store and when you sell your first item, you get that adrenaline rush and you're like, oh my God, people want what I, what I have. It's the same with fraud. I feel like somebody goes and puts something out there and they get a donation. They're like, oh my God, that was easy. Let me do this again. And they continually do it. I think it is, you know, what Kelly just said, but I think there's also greed obviously, and laziness. And I think people are trying to find an easy way to make a buck and to send out, you know, spam emails with links to scam somebody's bank account. Pretty easy work if you can get it. But I've always said, you know, when you when you look at some of these intricate scams that these people, if they would put their their evil ways to good, they could probably make so much more money because some of them are quite, you know, they, they come at it they're involved and, and it's, it's a very intricate scheme. And if they just put that power to good, I think they'd be better off, but they're almost too lazy to, to even try to do that. So for me, it's not just the rush, but also greed and laziness. I think it is mostly traced to some level of narcissism. They don't believe the rules should or even do apply to them. Right. Because Anna Delvey's like, I have this great idea. I'm entitled to get the funding for it. That's right? a great I, point. I am owed this because I have this great idea and nobody else could pull it off. And I'm so much smarter than they are. And I don't have money, obviously, but, you know, I can get them to give me the money. And because I mean, if you think about it, neither she nor the Tinder swindler were really amassing some great fortune. Right. They were spending it as they got it to kind of further their scam. So you can't really say, I want to, you know, that their goal was, I want to be rich, although maybe that was Anna Delvey's ultimate goal. But they really just 
I mean, the Tinder swindler guy would just, it was a chain scam, right? And he had to keep, and he can't say that he was lazy. Yeah, that was a lot of work to get those, you know, to get all the funding in place, keeping track of all the ladies in the various area codes. And, um, you know, so I, I don't know if I would even, I would say that they're lazy. Now, there's certainly some scammers who are lazy, right? Um, but I think that they're, uh, on this level, these big scams, it's really just narcissism. It's like, I'm smarter than you. I can get away with this. I deserve this. Here's how I'm going to do it. You don't think they're lazy, Mark, in the aspect of they don't want to just get the traditional nine to five and go to work and earn a paycheck? I don't know, I don't know if that's laziness. I think they think they're above it. Above it. Okay. They're like, that's for the poor. I think you're wrong. <laughs> that's the poor. <laughs> that's so basic. Jo- Joanne, don't be so basic. VIPs do not get nine to five jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just poor and basic. No. Don't yeah. mind me. When, when am I going to spend time with cucumbers on my eyeballs? You know, that's what they're thinking. You know, I, that's what I, that's what I deserve. You know, now it, you could say that, yeah, they're not willing to put in the years and years and years of being poor in order to achieve that wealth. Right. Yeah. They're definitely looking for a shortcut, but they, I don't think you can say that they're lazy because that was a lot of fucking work. I mean, he's like driving, you know, he's on a car chase through the, Paris or wherever the fuck it was, Amsterdam or something. And, uh, you know, he's lining up this lady to pay for this lady's trip. And, you know, he's got to, he's got to hit his friend over the head convincingly to send a picture. I mean, he's got a lot going on. They do have a lot of balls up in the air. Yeah. When and that's the, when a the... lot of organizational work that you have to do. I mean, well, I and that's had a why spreadsheet. I say if, if they put that evil behavior to good, they could, really take over the world and do a lot of good stuff and, maybe, and make yeah. a ton of money, but yeah. maybe they could, they're but... choosing the easy route. I agree with you. I think it is down to narcissism. Um, and in fact, in, in some, several of the articles that I've, I've read about this subject, it is, there's a lot of, there is narcissism involved in it. Um, Did they along, footnote me in this article with, with narcissism comes, you know, obviously a lack of empathy. So they don't care about the people. And, and you could really see that in with Anna Delvey, you could really see that yeah that that was very apparent even when she was first interacting with him and then and they said in in that quote that i read she's she wasn't even that nice no you know it's not like she was charming but and they're wonderful. used to that from rich people right that's what rich people but that's how rich they people treat are. us bad because they're better than us because they're better than us right exactly well, she's she seemed to have a soft spot for neff though well maybe yes and then also maybe not so much. Well, she also but, left her out to dry with that sixty thousand dollar hotel bill well, or whatever it was. So. No, that was no, no, not, not, I don't mean those. I don't mean the one she paid. I mean the one she walked away from at the hotel. Oh, right. right because her right. friend was vouching for her this whole time. Yeah, she's going to pay. She's going to pay. And then she ghosted him. And then she she took off. Yeah. Um. It's not necessarily that they're they're bad people. Who are, are doing? They, I mean, they do. They they end up. It ends up that they're bad people. It, in some cases, if it's not a a big scam like this, it could yeah. be something smaller scale that just feels scammy. Maybe it isn't exactly scammy. It feels that way. It could be that people are. They're just not seeing the big picture. They just they don't really see that it's unethical what they're doing. And right. and now it may not be illegal. It may just be unethical. It may be kind of in bad form. So they are if they are narcissistic and they are lacking in empathy. So they have no qualms about doing these things. They have no no qualms about making this ask. And they yeah. may even in the in their heads, like in the case of Anna Delvey or um, Elizabeth Holmes for for Theranos, they may say, well, but I've got an idea. 
there is something good that's going to come of this, right? Like it may not work now, but it is going to work. And then I'll be the hero, right? right. (laughs) But they rely on others around them. And we talked about this a little bit, that other people around them do have empathy. So they prey on the empathy of others. Somebody gave an example in one of the articles about emissions testers. So if you roll up to an emissions test and you're in a Ferrari or some kind of expensive car, the chance and and it fails, the chances are you're going to not get passed on like the 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 emissions testers are going to like stick it to you because you're driving a ferrari and they're gonna be like you you can afford to fix it and all of the rest but they show that like something like i think 60 40 to 60 percent of cars that fail emissions that are like the honda level cars yeah get passed through Right. So that's illegal. They they shouldn't sure. they they shouldn't be passing them through. But the emissions testers see people as human beings, and they're empathetic. And then they sort of say, "Okay, I've never run into one of these nice emission testers. <laughs> Where are you finding them?" Yeah, I luckily, don't know. I don't know. Luckily, but in Florida, we don't have to do that anymore. No. It doesn't matter what kind of filth we're belching into the sky <laughs> well, at this point. Here we are. It's 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 in Florida. Don't can I what can I tell you? Okay, uh, so so let's go around one last time and just sort of say wrap up your thoughts on on Anna Delvey. I think you made an interesting point that I want to kind of reiterate, which is the normal structure of these scams is a central narcissistic figure with satellite empathetic people that enable them to get over on on other people. I don't know who your least sympathetic character was from that series, uh-huh. like who you felt you didn't feel bad for. But honestly, I didn't feel that bad for Rachel. You, yeah, me either. She didn't come off as that great of a person, kind of a, you know, a ding dong, yeah. honestly, as I say. <laughs> And she was, you know, very in love with that flash lifestyle. She thought she was going to get. Well, she was getting a lot of treats from Anna too. Mm -hmm. She didn't, and and the actress was very good. She was. She played it that way, I'm sure, deliberately. Yeah. But uh, I had almost no sympathy for her. I'm like, big deal, you know, you were stupid. You put your credit card down. Yeah, she's a criminal, but you're you're annoying. Um, for me, I would say probably Nora. Um, I use this phrase very frequently. Sometimes I feel like people have more money than brains. Mm-hmm. Um, and for her, she, everything was showy, flashy. You know, she just expected, she expected everything to go her way, you know, that you throw money out and it's all going to be hunky dory. Um, and she had the wool pulled over her eyes because she, you know, she, she really didn't do her research on people. And I do sometimes think that people have so much money and they don't think before they do things. And for her, uh, yeah, I would, I would say her, I didn't have any sympathy for her. Okay. Joanne. Anna Delvey. Oh, right on. How could it not be? (laughs) How could it not be? Um, she, she tried, she's, she's got balls of steel. Um, but at the end of the day, the girl tried to rip off as much as I don't care about him, but she did. She tried to commit some serious crimes there, ripping off the banks. She screwed over a lot of her friends and I have no sympathy for her at the end of the day. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go with um, Nora as well, Kelly, because I found her to be kind of obnoxious with, uh, she was, she was, um, she hated Anna up to a certain point, then she tried to promote her and then she hated and then she got taken by Anna, right? Like I just, she could have helped her. Not that she should have, but she could have, she could have helped her, but she was so 
Nora was so enamored with the young men around mm -hmm. her. And um, and I just found her distasteful uh, in that way. So I agree with you. She 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 got her. She got scammed. And I wasn't feeling too sorry for her. I would All like right. to see Anna and Tinder Swindler go on a date together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that would be you awesome. can swindle like, the other one. Oh, my more. God. You're such a poor. I don't have I'm, my bank transfer will come through. He's like. I have enemies, <laughs> but you're a poor. I have I enemies. Think he, I think there's some TikToks made. I of feel that. like they would end up at McDonald's. Are there <laughs> are there TikToks made of Anna Delphi I've, versus versus? Yeah, I've seen a there? few where where they pretend like they're you know on a date or something. Yeah. yeah. All right, you guys, we're gonna wrap up here. Um, thank you for coming and being on Gen X Temporaneous again. We really appreciate it. I thank you for having fun us this time. And um, we'll bring you back if our ratings start to slump again. Yeah, so. we need you. Well, you know, you you cause a big a big stir when you're on the show with us. So I well, know because I know everything we say is going to get twisted. <laughs> we didn't talk about anybody that we think is scammy on Twitter or TikTok. <laughs> All right, you guys. So um, thanks for coming right. on. It. Okay, great. Okay, thank you guys. Night. All right. Well, that was so much fun to have Joanne and Kelly back on the podcast i know and that finished up just minutes ago i know <laughs> <laughs> all right so mark we are going to promote our new patreon Let's everyone we have a new patreon if you can support us and wish to have more content from mark and i we have a patreon find us at patreon.com forward slash gen x temporaneous we are going to be putting out multiple different kinds of episodes. Video Thunderdome is my favorite. What would Anna say about joining the Patreon? Don't be basic. Join the Patreon. It's VIP. <laughs> and of course, VIP is really the only way to be. Of course. <laughs> All right, everyone. So please come and join us on our social media. We have Twitters. I am at Serious Produce. Mark is at Mark Eats Peach. Our Gen X Temporaneous Twitter is at Xtemporaneous2. We have a Facebook, which is Gen X Temporaneous. And we have an Instagram at Gen X Temporaneous. Yep pretty much wraps it up that sure does all right mark bye peace out cub scouts wow you know that the ex-surgeon apparently didn't turn out to be that great of a me seer which one who huh the guy who played uh, uh doctor, oh doctor, doctor green. One from green. ER. yeah mark green that's right <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like, like you know you gotta go surgeon. back to medicine bro. i'm like did i miss an episode i know i did too i was like wow mark that's a everyone that was a, a joke <laughs> <laughs> really did not. Well, I, I'm not my fault. You guys didn't get the reference. I mean, keep up. <laughs> Tighten up, team. Wow. Let me mute my TV. Yes, I'm you turn your vibrator off, too. Yeah. yeah okay. Kelly, please. Batteries died earlier. I told you. <laughs>